Hello everyone. Welcome to the 67th episode of Snippets. I am Divyansh Rugwani, your friend and host for this episode. Today we have with us Dr. Shashwanti Mohan who is pursuing her fellowship in Vitro Retina Services in Shankar Netralaya Chennai. She has been the gold medalist in DNB exams in December 2018 and also holds the degree of prestigious FICO in MRCS. She has many publications to her name even at such a young age. As we all know Retinal detachment is the separation of neurosensory retina from the retinal pigment epithelium and if not treated timely can lead to permanent loss of vision. There are many types of retinal detachment like regmatogenous, tractional, exudative and combined. Regmatogenous being the most common one. So let's get some more insight into today's topic of discussion that is management of macula on regmatogenous retinal detachment. Over to you, Dr. Shashwanti. Hello everyone, I am Shashwanti Mohan, Vitri Retinal Fellow in Shankar Netralia. Today, we will be discussing on macula on retinal detachments. At the outset, I would like to thank Dr. Meenakshi Swaminathan for giving me this opportunity, Dr. Pradeep Suswar for guiding and mentoring me on the topic, and all my consultants and colleagues in the Vitri Retinal Department of Shankar Netralia. So, what is macula on retinal detachment and why is the status of macula so important? Regmatogenous retinal detachment is defined as separation of the neurosensory retina from the retinal pigment epithelium secondary to a regma or break. The macula is the central 5.5 mm circular area inside the temporal vascular arcades and contains the fovea in the central 1.5 mm which is responsible for central vision. Macula or fovea sparing also dubbed as macula on retinal detachment indicates that subretinal fluid has not affected central vision and that visual acuity remains at baseline. Subretinal fluid under the macula indicates some degree of damage despite reattachment. Macula is a significant factor in determining final visual outcomes and should be considered in the timing of surgical repair. There is higher probability of achieving better visual outcomes in macula on retinal attachments. 73% of macula on RDs have greater than 20 by 40 visual acuity two months after surgery. Hence macula on RDs need early surgery. What are the risk factors for progression of macula on retinal detachment to macula off retinal detachment? Retinal detachment progression occurs due to the sheer forces in the retina by the ocular head movements and gravity. The following characteristics have a greater chance of progression to involve the macula. Superior, especially suprotemporal retinal detachments, greater degree of velocity, subretinal fluid within one disc diameter of the fovea, larger or giant retinal tears, Equatorial tears have a greater chance of progression than tears of the ora serrata. What are the actual treatment options available for macula on retinal detachment? The treatment options can be divided into non-surgical or surgical depending on the extent of retinal detachment and location of the retinal breaks. The non-surgical options include delimiting laser photocoagulation and pneumatic retinopexy. The surgical options include scleral buckling or vitrectomy with tamponading agents. When is the laser photocoagulation treatment adopted in such conditions? Delimiting laser photocoagulation can be used in subclinical retinal detachments that extend at least one disc diameter from the nearest break and no more than two disc diameter posterior to the equator with no visual field loss. It helps by forming a barrier to prevent further extension of subretinal fluid. It has the advantage of being less invasive, inexpensive and an outpatient procedure and is preferred in young patients with vitreous not liquefied or when patients cannot be operated due to other reasons. However, it is important to closely follow up these patients. 
when does our pneumatic retinopexy help in uh, macula on retinal detachments pneumatic retinopexy is the injection of gas bubble into the vitreous cavity and serves as an alternative to surgical intervention in certain cases of retinal detachments the common indications include retinal breaks within the superior 8 cloacas single or multiple breaks within one cloaca no or minimal media opacity and the ability of the patient to maintain positioning for 5 to 8 days after the procedure The steamroller technique is important for preventing iatrogenic macular detachment while doing pneumatic retinopexy. If there is bullous subretinal fluid which is almost extending to the macula, placement of bubble against the bullous detachment may cause a macular detachment. This is avoided by maintaining a face down position which enables the bubble to traverse the attached retina en route to the macula. Gradually, the head position is changed to bring the retinal break to the uppermost position. The bubble then rolls towards the break pushing the subretinal fluid back into the vitreous and flattening the retina. When considering surgical management what are the steps that should be followed preoperatively? It is imperative to counsel the patient about the importance of early surgery as macular on retinal detachments have better visual outcomes. Urgent physician fitness needs to be obtained and surgery should be done as early as possible especially in superior bullous retinal detachments. Other preoperative steps to be taken are bed rest, bilateral patching of the eyes and positioning of the patient. How does bed rest and bilateral patching help in macula on retinal detachment? Bed rest helps in restricting forces related to the head and ocular movements. By positioning the globe with the retinal break in the most dependent position, alteration of the vitreous body is obtained such that there is vitreous occlusion of the breaks. There is simple descent of the retina due to gravity and passage of the subretinal fluid from the subretinal to the retrovitreal space via the retinal hole. Large eye movements increase vitreous traction and detachment forces on the edge of the retinal hole, thus creating a subretinal vacuum and facilitating increased subretinal fluid. Bilateral patching 24 to 48 hours before surgery decreases saccadic ocular movements and reduces the inertial force induced by the ocular movements thus decreasing the height of retinal detachment and preventing macula on retinal detachment from converting to macula off. What position should the patient maintain preoperatively while waiting for the surgery? The detached retina should be in the lowermost position to address the force of gravity. In superior retinal detachments the patient should maintain a supine position with no pillows and with foot end raised that is the Trendelenburg position. In cases of inferior retinal detachments an upright or sitting position is preferred. For a temporal retinal detachment in the left eye or a nasal retinal detachment in the right eye the patient is asked to lie with his or her left cheek down to the ground and vice versa for a nasal retinal detachment in the left eye or temporal retinal detachment in the right eye. Does the choice of surgery depend on the macular status? The macular status does not play a role in the choice of surgery. The surgical options are scleral buckling or vitrectomy and this depends on other indications. But the goal in either surgery should be to keep the macula attached intraoperatively also and certain precautions can help attain this goal. What are the particular steps to follow in scleral buckling surgery for prevention of conversion of macula on retinal detachment to macula off retinal detachment? The aim in scleral buckling surgery for macula on retinal detachment is to prevent subretinal fluid from tracking under the macula. I will not be discussing the routine steps in scleral buckling surgery, but I will be mentioning the steps that can be followed to prevent the conversion of macula on to macula off retinal detachment. Once the buckle is placed initially, the suture should not be tightened too much. A thorough examination with an indirect ophthalmoscope should be done after placing the buckle to assess the break location and size. Subretinal fluid drainage should be done with loosened stay sutures. 
gentle maneuvering of the globe to milk the eyeball with bud from posterior to anterior movements can be done. Air or gas injection should be done if the subretinal fluid persists at the macula or if fish mouthing is present. What steps are to be followed in vitrectomy? If vitrectomy is the preferred surgical procedure, certain modifications can be made to prevent conversion of macula onto macula of retinal detachments intraoperatively. Valve cannula should be used to avoid undue vitreous escape from the port and thereby pulling the detached retina. It helps to prevent intraocular pressure fluctuations during the surgery and avoid turbulence of the fluidics, thus reducing the retinal dynamics. If the retinal detachment is bullous in an eye with a large open break, Select an infusion site that allows you to avoid infusing fluid through the break under the retina which can make the detachment more bullous and cause extension into the macula. Avoid instruments exiting and entering the eye frequently during vitrectomy. Low suction and high cut rate is preferred to not cause any linear extension of retinal breaks. Once you clear the vitreous surrounding the primary break, drain the subretinal fluid under fluid infusion that is fluid-fluid exchange and flatten the retina to prevent extension of detachment. Fluid aspiration often flattens the retina and reduces the risk of extension of retinal detachment. In selected cases, perfluorocarbon placed over the posterior pole helps in preventing subfoveal subretinal fluid migration and helps keeping the macula on during surgery. It pushes and displaces the subretinal fluid anteriorly and also helps in keeping the posterior pole flat and attached while doing vitreous based shaving. Complete fluid gas exchange can displace the subretinal fluid from the periphery to the posterior pole, thus detaching the macula. This can be prevented with the following steps. Draining by a relatively posterior iatrogenic drainage retinotomy, air exchange with a large bubble of perfluorocarbon in situ. The perfluorocarbon displaces the subretinal fluid anteriorly and the air displaces the subretinal fluid posteriorly. The donut or subretinal fluid is at the interface. With indentation and massage, the subretinal fluid can be evacuated more completely via peripheral break. Do not perform a complete fluid air exchange. The bubble only needs to be large enough to close the retinal break. Slightly expansile concentration of gas can also be used. During the endolaser step, complete lasering the break first and then the other areas. Choice of tamponade is not based on macula status and should be individualized based on location and characteristics of the retinal detachment. What are the precautions that have to be taken post-operatively? Post-operative positioning is of high importance. If only a small amount of subretinal fluid is present, the patient should be instructed to maintain a face-down position for about 4-6 to six hours immediately after the surgery. By this time, the subretinal fluid should be reabsorbed without causing a retinal cold. The substantial amount of SRF persists and cannot be removed, it is helpful to leave some pre-retinal fluid behind, that is, not completing a full fluid air exchange and instructing the patient to keep a supine position in the first hours after the surgery. All these steps can help prevent conversion of macula on to macula off retinal detachment. In conclusion, macula on RDs, especially superior bullous ones, should be treated as early as possible as they have better visual prognosis. Preoperative positioning helps to prevent conversion of macula on RDs to macula off. Proper techniques should be followed intraoperatively to avoid extension of the detachment to the macula. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing all this information, Dr. Shashwanti. It's been a great pleasure to have you on Snippets. I'm certain that this will surely be beneficial to all our listeners. To all those listening, thank you for being such patient listeners. Do like and share our channel and stay tuned to more such sessions in future. I look forward for your presence in the next episodes as well. Bye-bye and have a great day ahead.